This is episode 103 of Relate on the power of Tech Shabbats. We are spending more and more time in the online world, looking through our screens and increasingly disconnected with those around us. But studies have proven that it's real-life meaningful relationships that bring us the most joy and happiness. It's all about human connection and conversing with people from a variety of backgrounds. Worlds change when eyes meet. So let's sit down and relate. Hello, my name is Patrick McAndrew, and today's episode of Relate, we're talking about technology and really how technology has impacted the way in which we communicate with one another, not only in person, but then also in the online world. With our guest today, we talk about how the phone, specifically the smartphone, distorted our guest's focus and how I think a lot of us out there can relate to this. The web has the power to change the world, and it's really been fascinating to see the evolution of it, you know, from the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, all the way up until today. Our guest talks about the importance of taking time for simplicity, how we need to have liberation from tech through something called technology Shabbats. I think you are all really going to enjoy learning about this. We also talk about her work with film and how film can be a powerful medium to illustrate a concept and a story. Lastly, we discuss why it's important to bring boundaries back. Really, none of us are never anywhere anymore. We're always attached to our phones, and because of that, we're not fully present in the spaces that we're occupying. Now for our guest. Our guest is an Emmy-nominated filmmaker and creator of the Webby Awards. She is the author of a newly released book about her family's decade-long practice of doing tech Shabbats and how to bring this practice into your life. The name of this book is 24-6, The Power of Unplugging One Day a Week. The Museum of Modern Art in New York City just premiered her new live spoken cinema performance called Dear Human, based on her book 24-6. She lectures and performs worldwide on technology and humanity. Our guest, Tiffany Schlein. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Today's guest is Tiffany Schlein. Tiffany, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Oh, so happy to be here. I'm really excited to to have you here and to really dive into this conversation with you. You have really an incredible background when it comes to working in the technology space, when it comes to talking about the internet, when it comes to being a leading expert on how technology is emerging in our day and age. And I'm very specifically interested in how you talk about these topics through the medium of film, just being an actor myself and, and a stage performer. I'm always really looking for new and unique ways to talk about 
the future of technology. So I'm really happy to have you on the show. Uh, thank you. So I'm wondering if you could just start off by sharing with our listeners just a little bit about yourself, maybe a, a little bit about your background and what kind of led you on the path that you're now pursuing today? Yeah, my background is, well, actually, originally I was a filmmaker and I, whenever I ran out of money on a film, I would pay for my films working in technology because I always love technology too. So we're talking way back, um, you know, the CD-ROM industry. And then when the web came along, I saw the web. I thought this is going to change the world. Shortly after that, I started the Webby Awards in my 20s, um, in the 90s. And that, of course, completely <laughs> exploded in a very exciting way. Creatively, I used to do, you know, these big theater productions at the Opera House and like all wrestling with when does technology amplify who we are? When does it amputate? And, and looking at that issue and honoring, honoring the best of the web. So I ran the Webby Awards for um, around a decade, but then I wanted to get back to filmmaking combined with the power of the web. So I sold the Webby Awards and then I started a film studio in San Francisco made a whole bunch of films. I've had films premiere at Sundance. And um, my films usually deal with, in some way, dealing with uh, technology and humanity. I also explore issues around neuroscience and creativity and also whatever I'm wrestling with at the time. Um, but then, you know, about uh, 11 years ago, I was just feeling like screens were taking over my life. And, you know, it's interesting. It's a little earlier. I know a lot of people are talking about that now, but... Um, I just felt like I was never focused and I was distracted all the time. It was really the iPhone. I think that really took me over the edge of just never being able to complete a thought. And then within a matter of a week, um, I lost my father and my daughter was born and I really wanted to change the way I was living, um, not feel so distracted. And my husband and I and our family, we decided to turn off all screens one day a week um, for what we call our technology Shabbats. And um, we've done it now every almost every week for nearly a decade. No, over a decade. It's been over a decade. And it's completely changed our world. Wow. And uh, the longer we did it, the crazier everyone became with technology. And then the last several years, people have all been saying, oh, my gosh, this technology, I'm on it too much. I'm addicted. And, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to write a book because the simple ancient practice of Shabbat. And again, I'm Jewish, but I'm not religious. But I love this practice and ritual of like a full day of rest, which today I think means no screens. And of course, obviously, we're using it the other days, and I love technology. I just don't love it all the time. So I wrote a book um, uh, that came out this last fall called 24-6, The Power of Unplugging One Day a Week. And it came out, and I, I, I give a lot of talks, and they're very um, – I use a lot of imagery. And then I kind of brought my whole career together, all my theater experiments with the Webbies and the ideas from the book and my talk experiments into one thing that the Museum of Modern Art um, premiered um, that I called Dear Human. And it, I call it Spoken Sama, which is – it's like a one-person performance for an hour, a lot of audience interaction and a lot of, you know, film and soundtrack and – stuff. And I'm all exploring again, the issue of the relationship between technology and humanity. Sorry, that was such a long answer. Ah. No, that's a great answer. It, well, it gives us a lot of background into just like who you are and, and what type of work you are pursuing and what you're creating, what you have created. And the, the Dear Human show, I mean, we were talking about this before we started recording. It really, I had the opportunity to go see it since it was in uh, New York City where I'm based. And 
it really gave me a lot of perspective just on like how technology has evolved through time. And not only that, but how the evolution of how it's affected us over time as well is also something that's very fascinating. And just being a millennial myself, it, it, it's enlightening to take a few steps back before I was born to see really all the steps that led to where we're at today. And I think that your career in this really fascinating way highlights that trajectory. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I really tried to give a broad view because I think we've lost perspective of what the original vision of the web was, was where I think we made some wrong turns and how we need to get back to the best parts of it and then know when to turn it off when it's making us less than human when we're all staring at our screens all in the same room and no one's talking and no one's paying attention to each other or anything that's happening except what's on their phone. And um, yeah, it, it was a really great creative challenge to bring that all together. I was glad you were in the room for the premiere. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I, that was, I felt very fortunate. And to kind of go off of that, you know, you, you had this career in, in technology and, and really being this expert on technology and the internet, what was it that inspired you to create the Webby Awards? Because the, really the timing of when you created that couldn't have happened at a better time. Yeah. What, what was it that inspired that kind of creation? Well, um, I mentioned, I talk about this in the show when I was in high school in the eighties, um, I was really into like the Apple IIe and the first Mac and this friend of mine and I co-wrote this this proposal, this is before the web called Uniting Nations in Telecommunications and Software. And, you know, it was really writing about the vision, what the web could do, but the web wasn't there yet. And then, so I did a whole bunch of other things. And then I was working on this um, CD-ROM about Sting, the musician. And someone said to me, Tiffany, you have to see this thing called the web. It just was invented. And I looked at that it was like, it had just been invented. And I thought that is what I was hoping would exist. And at the time I was working, um, or right after that, I was working for a magazine called the web magazine, which, um, was in its very early days. And I was able to start the Webby Awards. So I was 26 years old and it was right at the beginning of the web. And, you know, it was so exciting on this medium that I was personally obsessed with. But at the time, there was only 1% of the human population were online. I mean, now we're over half the population are online. But back then, no one knew what it was. So it was so fun to try to, you know, articulate how this was important and put it in an award show model that everyone understood. Because I think at the time, it was kind of scary to people because it felt like this very alternative medium. And I had a lot of fun with the theater production. You know, we had a five-word acceptance speech rule, which still goes on today. Oh, I love that. So it ultimately, again, felt like a great creative challenge to, and something I was so excited about to how to figure out the right to make it accessible to the public so they could understand what it was and engage with it. And, you know, again, so few people were online and I was doing the Webby Awards. I was talking on the media, trying to explain this new medium to people. And of course, now it's very exciting because it's this other thing where everyone, you know, so many people are online, not everyone. But now I'm like, don't be, on all, don't be online all the time. Like, it's great, but don't want to take over your life because don't forget how to be human and to turn the screen off and talk to each other eye to eye and have a conversation. And don't forget the humanity and just being present. So it's kind of a full circle experience for me to now be, um, you know, reminding people, I feel like through my book and this Dear Human show, which I'll be taking around 
um, to theaters around the country and different in different countries. Um, and you know, and that is something that very going back to the early Webby Award shows I used to do. You can only experience it there, you know, because a lot of my films obviously are on the different, you know, networks that you can watch online. But this experience of Dear Human, you could only experience in that theater. So once again, I'm returning to an experience that you can only experience in person. Right, right. Well, and I think that's something that, it, it, you know, that humanity that you're talking about of really just being together in person, a live experience. I think it's something that's so easy to take for granted nowadays because the online world, it's so seductive. It really has this attractive quality that is so difficult for us to pull away from that it distracts us from this opportunity to really experience humanity on a deep and, and meaningful level. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah, it makes me wonder kind of like, I, I think now that there's a lot of conversation uh, like, you know, like what you're doing and, and spreading the word about how like, yes, technology is this amazing thing, but we need to also appreciate humanity at the same time. I think that now there's a conversation going on about that. My hope is that we're heading into a positive direction. I, I'm optimistic about it uh, while still recognizing the potential dangers for sure. Yeah, that's a beautiful way to frame it. Like at first it was like, I was so excited about, you know, appreciating what technology can do. And now I feel like this next phase is reminding people what our humanity can do and, and knowing when to, when to use technology and when not to, when does it amplify who we are and when does it disconnect us? And uh, I think understanding that difference is really important right now because it's, it feels like the pendulum has swung so far and you're talking to someone, they're, just, they're staring at their phone, they're scrolling, everyone's got their phones on the table. You wake up, you look at it, you go to bed, you look at it. Like there's never a moment you're not looking at it. And um, that's not good for a million reasons, um, which I point out. And then, you know, what I find by turning all this, unplugging from the network once a week, I feel like it's the one day of the week I have perspective on everything going on. I think we were losing perspective because we're so plugged in all the time, especially right now with the election and the coronavirus. It's just like I was on way more than I feel good about. And I am already looking forward to Friday night. I'm already looking forward to just like taking a breather, catching my breath, resetting, rejuvenating. I just feel very tapped right now. I think we're all overstimulated and overtapped all the time. Right. Oh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. We have so much stimuli coming at us at all times. And really with that said, I'm wondering if you could dive in a little bit deeper regarding your, your book 24-6 and the idea of technology Shabbats, because I'm a big believer that really the world would benefit in, in implementing this practice into their lives. Maybe if, even if it's not like an entire day, but maybe like an hour here and there or something like that. So yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about the philosophy behind that. Sure. Well, so it comes from this very ancient practice called Shabbat or some people call it the Sabbath if you're Christian. And the concept is like a day of rest. Um, I, I'm not a religious person, though I have great respect for people that are. But for me, it's much more, uh, you know, Friday night, um, we invite people over, we cook a meal for people, there's no phones, which is the best meal, the fun, everybody laugh more. It's just always just such a great conversation. And then that night, I sleep better. And then the next day, you know, and we have a teen daughter, we have a 10 year old, my husband's a professor of robotics, he's obviously very into tech. 
But that full day is just about like reading, you know, you read in such a different way when, you know, all the phones are put away. There's no screens, there's no TV, there's no laptop, no iPad. And just, I just find like I exist in the most beautiful way on this one day off every week. And, and then Saturday night, we're psyched to go back online. So you kind of reappreciate technology all over again. Um, but yeah, I, I also, since the 2016 election, um, I don't look at my phone when I wake up anymore. I write in my journal and I, I, I talk about it in the book, my book 24 six is both kind of a history of the web and where I think we need to go. It's also my personal journey with how excited I was and then how overwhelmed I feel and then how much better I feel doing these tech Shabbats for a decade. But then I also have a big section on all the things you can do the other six days. Uh, I wear a watch again, so I'm not always looking at my phone for the time. I carry a paper day planner that augments my Google calendar. So I pull that out. It's so nice to write things down and look at things on paper. Um, but there's all these things I recommend to do to just bring some balance back because it's gotten totally out of control. I don't know one person, you know, I've had like 40 events for my book um, since it came out this fall. And everywhere I go, people are like, I'm totally addicted. I, and they, everyone feels bad about it. Everyone feels like bad. And I have never seen a time where we've been more divisive as a society. And I think a big part of that is everyone's staring at their little phones and their truths and their little worlds all the time. And they're not, they're kind of grunting their way through, through their day because they're not really connecting because they're looking at their phone. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, on average, so many people are watching so many things. Like we're just watching stories about other things instead of being in our own story. And, um, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that's such a good way to put it is that we, in a lot of ways are, are, we are escaping our lives really. I, I mean, I guess in some ways it's a good thing, but most ways it's not because we're not allowing for that connection. And specifically with your technology Shabbats, there's this simplicity to it. And there's really a lot of beautiful things that are found within simplicity. Yeah. And I think that, you know, to kind of go back what we were saying before, it, these devices, because really the world is at our fingertips in so many different ways, like it, it really, it, it makes our lives so much more complicated than I think they need to be. Yeah. And I, I think just one day living really simply and kind of analog, you know, I have an old, if we have a record player, yes. we cook, we read, we nap, we go out we just like lie on the floor I play my ukulele it's just it's so great I just feel and I anyone listening who's thinking about maybe trying to incorporate a full day or part of a day or just more intentional living around tech I would just say write a list of what you wish you had more time to do and fill that day of your tech Shabbat with that and I really walk through a lot of strategies around how to present this to your partner or your family or your boss or you know, because there's so many reasons people say, oh, I can't go online. I can't turn that off. And there's so many reasons why you can and why it'll make things so much better. So um, in the book, I really, um, you know, in a fun way, because, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think it's just brought a lot of joy back. And um, but it's really good to look at the way we're living. And when does it feel good? When does it not? And what's a good way to move forward? So I have a lot of recommendations for that in the book. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that. It's really finding joy in these simple moments of, of rest, of, of creating something or just spending quality time with each other. And I think that yeah, you're absolutely right. It's something that we really need to set aside time for because 
really just this fast paced world that we're living in could so easily consume all of our time, all of our attention, all of our energy. And so I really love this, this practice that you've created and that you're now sharing with people to really find those moments, whether it be a day, whether it be an afternoon or an hour, to really take that time for themselves and with their friends and with their family. It's, I mean, it's something that's really special today to mm -hmm. have. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think something that you said is really key is that, you know, to all these technologies are speeding up. You can do so many things so quickly. And what that does is it just speeds up everything. It speeds up time. It's, it's, it's just like, you're, and what I find is when I I'm online, I'm just like, I want more emails. I want more news reports. I want more notifications on social media. I want the boots that keep showing up as the advertisement on my screen. You know, I just, I want to be on that vacation. I'm not on watching someone else post on Instagram. I just am wanting all these things that I'm not, I, I'm never satisfied. And then I turn off the screen, all the screens off. And this miraculous thing happens where I just appreciate, I'm just in a state of appreciation. I'm like, Oh, look at the garden. And oh my gosh, you know, I, I just like, I'm in a state of complete satisfaction and appreciation of what I already have and the people that are right in front of me. And so I feel like what the online world does is it's just like, it's, it's making you feel kind of connected and yet not satisfied and, and like, you're never going to be satiated. And the opposite happens when I turn the screens off. I feel just so happy and uh, content with my life versus being online where I should be at that conference or I should be doing that. Or, oh my God, look how much fun they're having. Or, oh my gosh, is the news, is the world going to go down? It's just like, I don't <laughs> really think to think about the different states of being um, when I'm online versus offline. Yeah. And of course, you know, there's a lot of things online. Of course, when you see something beautiful online and, and you get a text from someone you love and, and, you know, right with the corner, uh, coronavirus and everyone coming together and sharing information like there's so many beautiful parts of it but i think on a whole if you were to look at the way you feel on a whole it's a lot of stress it's a lot of overstimulation and when you turn it off i the way i describe it is i feel completely liberated i feel set free and i think there is something about it being put away um so that i don't i'm not tempted by it it's not an option there's a lot i think I find it's harder during the week if you these little like I'm not going to look at it or I put it away for to me. I love the whole dayness because it's just not an option. It's just it's out of sight, out of mind. And I'm fully in the in the day versus the little things I do throughout the week. I mean, this week with the election and the coronavirus, I just found so many times I'm like, put that thing away. Like I just I felt like I was in a stupor. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Hey, I absolutely agree with you. And and really the, the online world, it has this way of telling us things that we should have or should be doing and reminds us of the things that we're not doing with our life. So yeah. we start to kind of analyze like, oh, am I on the right path? Am I doing the right thing? Yeah. And yeah, it's this this constant loop that you could or that we could find ourselves getting into. And it's really taking that time away from technology. And then, as you mentioned before, also taking that time to really appreciate the the great things about, about the online world as well. And that kind of leads me to my next question, you know, to, to kind of go over a little bit of your experience as a filmmaker. I'm wondering if you could share with us why 
you believe film is such a powerful medium to discuss emerging te emerging technologies and the impact of those technologies on our lives. Like, why use film to talk about these things? Um, well, a lot of times ideas to me, like my favorite thing to do, and you saw a lot of these animations in my Dear Human show, but is to work with an animator to try to articulate and, or visualize an idea that is a concept and it's not just a straight image. Because I work with a lot of, I create a lot of animations for my films and for my theater shows. So um, I'm a very visual person. I love, I still go to the movies every Saturday night with my husband in a the theater. I enjoy it so much more than, than watching on Netflix or something because I'm just too distracted. You know, it's just too easy to have something pop up on your screen or your phone and then you're off the movie. So I love theaters. I love film. I love experiencing things with other people. I think that is very human and powerful and clapping and crying and sighing and it's so powerful to be in a packed theater, packed, you know, movie. Um, and, you know, and actually this last weekend, I, we, my family and I watched a great movie called the biggest little farm on Netflix. And we just had so much fun watching it, but we were watching it all together. And at first I remember my husband and daughter was like, Oh, I'm going to do my homework while I'm watching. And my husband's like, I have to work. And I said, let's, can we just all sit on the couch and watch the movie and like not be distracted? It was so <laughs> much fun to create that boundary. And I think really what I'm talking about with tech Shabbat and, is we need to bring some boundaries back. That phone is just like infiltrated every aspect of our lives and the screens are everywhere. And at first technology was about removing boundaries. You could work from anywhere, you could do anything, from everywhere, but now everything's done from everywhere and you're never anywhere. You're never really present anywhere. So I think with the tech Shabbat um, of this day of rest with no screens is about bringing a boundary back that makes me feel so much more creative, so much more productive afterwards, so much happier. And then going to this theater experience of Dear Human is like, I've made all these films that people watch online and on their phones and however they want. And I'm going back to, let's watch something in a theater together. And I'm gonna be on stage. And the only way you can experience this is if we're all in the theater together. <laughs> so really about a boundary of presence, I think. Yeah, and there's this like, there's this unifying factor in that as well, whether it's a, a family watching a movie together or whether it's, going to the theater together and it's a shared experience between the audience as well as the performers on stage. It's really like at the end of the day, it's so viscerally human. And I think uh, as, as we've been discussing, that's something that at least in my, in my opinion, working in this space, that it's just it's the, the demand for that sort of experience is going to increase more and more as technology continues to advance. Because obviously, technology is going to continue to advance and there will be great things that come of that as well, potentially some negative things also. But that's why I think it's so important to invest in these really truly human experiences. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tiffany, thank you so much for, for joining me on the show. I really appreciate you not only taking the time to come out on the podcast, but also just I really appreciate the work that you're doing. You're really talking about emerging technologies and its impact on humanity and really what we should know as, as fellow humans, as you outlined in your show, Dear Human, what we should know about how technology is impacting us 
on a conscious level, on a subconscious level, and really to be aware. And as you said, to make boundaries. And I really appreciate that you're doing that in such a unique way that is completely you and completely you as, as a human being. So, so thank you so much. Oh, I'm so glad. Nice to hear that. And thank you. And I'm excited to be met because it sounds like our, there's a lot of overlapping interests. So I, I want to, I want to see your work. So you have to keep me posted on your next performance and um, I'm excited to uh, hear more of your podcast. So thanks for having me on. Yes, absolutely. But before heading out, I'm just wondering if you could share with our listeners where they could find out more about you and your work, where they could find out about your shows, your films, and just all the great things that you're up to. Sure. Um, my main kind of mothership site is tiffanyshlain.com and my last name has no C in it. So it's just Tiffany with a Y and then S-H-L-A-I-N.com. Then my book, you can go to 24sixlife.com. Um, so 246 and 6 is spelled out. And then I'm on Instagram, my name, Twitter, Facebook. And then I, I started a 246 Living Facebook group that's been really fun for all these people that are trying tech shabbats or just wanting to live more intentionally. But you can see all my films and everything on uh, tiffanyschlein.com. And I, I lastly, I do a quarterly newsletter called Breakfast at Tiffany's, which is like theater shows and books and podcasts and newsletters and whatever I think is cool that I want you to check out. <laughs> Awesome. Sounds great. Well, we'll make sure to include those various links in the show notes. So listeners out there, just scroll down in the show notes and you'll be able to see all the links provided there. Tiffany, I have one last question for you. Okay. What is your definition of a deep, meaningful relationship? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, as somebody who's been married for many, many years, I think over 23 years now, um, you know, we find the same things funny. We laugh all, we laugh a lot together, but I think it's really that we find the same absurdities of life together and we laugh instead of getting upset about them. And that laughing together, I just feel so connected with him when we laugh. Um, so uh, yeah, I think if you have the same sense of humor and can laugh at the absurdities of life together, that'll be a very long lasting, meaningful relationship. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Laughing at the absurdities of life. That's good. I like that well, a lot. Wait, I have, to add, I have to add one more thing to that, though, but I think it's wrapped up in the texture about too, is, you know, by turning off your phone for a night out together or a day, you're, you're saying, I value you. I just want to be with you. And right now we're contending and fighting with so many things trying to get at everybody all the time. So if you are in a valuable relationship, like having a date night where the phone's not a part of it, or for us, it's like a family day we're not on the phone. It's, it, that's really sending a message that you value being with the person you're with instead of, are there more important people that you should be texting and notifying and all this? And so I think that's the ultimate act of love these days is to turn off your phone and be present. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree with that. So Tiffany, thank you so much again for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Relate. You can let me know your thoughts on this episode by going to Apple Podcasts and leaving me a review. Or if you have the Anchor app, feel free to call in and leave a voicemail. I would love to hear from you. You can support this podcast by clicking the link in the show notes. Thank you so much again for tuning in, and I'll catch you all in the next episode.